Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? I just got done watching the Sunday night football game at Chiefs Ravens. That was another amazing primetime game. But in this video, I'm going to be going through some of the top waiver wire targets going into week three of the NFL season. So I'm going to be talking about five running backs, five wide receivers, five quarterbacks, five tight ends, and five defenses that you guys should have your eyes on. And then all of these players are going to be available in at least 50% of leagues and I'm using the ESPN waiver wire to kind of calculate those percentages. While you guys are watching this, if you're enjoying the content, all I ask is that you guys leave a like and subscribe to the channel, and then let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. This could be trade questions, waiver wire advice, sit starts, anything, drop it down below, and I'll make sure to respond to you. But let's get right into the running backs, and just keep in mind that these are not in any specific order. You know, certain teams may need different kinds of pickups, so, you know, just five guys that you should be keeping your eye on. And the first one is going to be J.D. McKissick. He had a very, very slow week one, wasn't super involved. You know, it looked like Antonio Gibson was going to be that third down back, and he was kind of going to be phased out. Then he comes out on Thursday night and balls out. Four carries for 10 yards and a touchdown, but his real involvement was with the six targets, five receptions, and 83 yards. You know, when you're looking for running backs off the waiver wire, you want someone who can have standalone value, you know, without their starter getting injured. And JD McKissick is definitely one of those guys. You may not be able to count on him every week, but in the games when he's involved, he's easily going to be a startable player. And McKissick is owned in 42% of leagues, so there's definitely a chance he is on your waiver wire. Then the next guy is going to be Tony Pollard, owned in just under 40% of leagues. And really the Cowboys went out there and showed that they're going to be using two running backs Pollard got 13 carries for 109 rushing yards, three receptions for 31 yards. He recorded more rushing yards, more receptions, and more receiving yards than Ezekiel Elliott. So this is definitely someone you need to have. If Zeke is one of your running backs, you have to handcuff him with Tony Pollard. And I mean, even if Zeke isn't on your team, he proved today that he does have standalone value on a week-to-week basis. So definitely keep your eye on Tony Pollard. The next guy is going to be Jamichael Hasty owned in just over 4% of leagues. And it seems like every week when we go over the waiver wire, it's going to be looking for one of these 49ers running backs. It almost seems like we're kind of chasing this dream RB1 for this team, and it really just never comes together. But just because the waiver wire is so thin at the running back position, we've just got to keep chasing that RB1 role for the 49ers. And Jermichael Hasty is an intriguing pickup because like we know, Raheem Mostert, out for the year. And then after Sunday's game against the Eagles, we have Jamichael Hasty right now who's dealing with an ankle injury. We have Mitchell who has a shoulder injury. And then we also have Trey Sermon who suffered a concussion. So we don't know how those injuries are going to shake out. And if Mitchell, you know, potentially is missing a few weeks, Jamichael Hasty, if he can play, likely slots in as the RB1 for the 49ers, which is definitely something you want to have. Up next, we've got Cordero Patterson owned in 7.7% of leagues. And this is not someone who I would have expected to be talking about on a waiver wire video, especially at the running back position, but he's had some decent involvement in this Falcons offense. We saw him week one, two targets, seven carries, and then he really played well against the Bucks yesterday, seven carries and six targets. So you're really just looking for someone who's going to be involved in the offense. They like to use him creatively. So he could have some upside throughout the season. The last running back I'm gonna talk about I mentioned him in last week's waiver wire video. It's going to be Kenneth Gainwell, owned in just over 28% of leagues. That's a big jump from last week. I think he was owned in just over 3%. So, you know, people are definitely starting to catch on. But once again, he was very involved as the RB2, six carries, three targets, 
and it was in a tough matchup against the 49ers. If you are a Miles Sanders owner, you 100% need to be handcuffing him with Gainwell. And even though Gainwell may not have standalone value right now, you know, you probably don't feel comfortable throwing him into your lineup week three. He should continue to kind of eat into Miles Sanders' workload, continue to get more comfortable, more involved in this offense. And at some point down the road, he could definitely be a guy you could plug into your lineup, you know, maybe need a flex. A few of your running backs are injured or on by. Kenneth Gainwell could be that guy. Now we're on to the wide receivers, and I'm going to start it off with Darnell Mooney. He is owned in just under 50% of leagues, so he does qualify for this video. He is operating as the clear wide receiver two for the Bears. He is on the field almost every single snap, and it showed week two targeted eight times that led the team and then six receptions for 66 yards. And there is the potential that Justin Fields is going to take over this offense, which I do think just raises the ceiling for all of these weapons. So you're going to want Darnell Mooney on your team if he's available. Then I kind of cheated here and went with two Arizona Cardinals wide receivers, Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore. Kirk is owned in 25% of leagues. Rondell Moore is owned in 19.3% of leagues. But really, you're just going to want pieces of this Arizona Cardinals offense. They're going to put up a ton of points, and they really do involve all of these wide receivers. You could honestly throw AJ Green on this list in deeper leagues, but I'm just going to focus in on Kirk and Moore because I think they're the clear two guys behind DeAndre Hopkins. In two games, Kirk has eight receptions, 135 yards, and two touchdowns. Rondell Moore has 11 receptions, 182 yards, and a touchdown. And it's kind of crazy because Rondell Moore is like the fourth wide receiver in terms of snap share. So he's behind Hopkins, AJ Green, and Kirk, but really just makes the most out of his opportunities. So I do think he's going to continue to get more usage. I mean, as we've seen, he's absolutely balled out when he's had the opportunity. So I really think he's just going to continue to get more and more value throughout the season. So you probably would want to pick him up now before you miss out. The third wide receiver is going to be KJ Osborne. You know, he went out week one, honestly balled out seven receptions for 76 yards. The Vikings are using a ton of three wide receiver sets this year. And then, you know, I mean, week one, it could just kind of be a fluke. He comes out week two, five receptions for 91 yards and a touchdown. So that is back-to-back -back weeks of really startable worthy numbers from Osborne. So we're definitely at the point where he should be rostered. I wouldn't feel super comfortable throwing into my lineup week three, but if he goes out week three, five receptions, 80 yards, you would have to strongly consider turning KJ Osborne into a potential flex into your lineup. Then I have the Colts' Zach Paschal owned in just under 14% of leagues. And you know, he may not be getting the volume that we wanna see and the overall yardage, four for 43 week one, but he did get in the end zone twice. And then he got in the end zone again week two, five receptions for 38 yards and that touchdown. We did see Michael Pittman have a big day, but Zach Paschal has put together, you know, back-to-back -back weeks of fantasy relevant numbers. So we definitely had to make this list. Then we have Tim Patrick as the last wide receiver, owned in 12.6% of leagues. He is going to be the wide receiver two with Judy out. And then week one, four receptions, 39 yards and a touchdown. Week two, three receptions for 37 yards and a touchdown. And honestly, Bridgewater has played much better than I was expecting from him, and he has been supporting these weapons. And so Tim Patrick is definitely a guy who should be owned in much more than 12% of leagues. Let's move on to the quarterback position where I'm going to start off with Justin Fields. He is owned in 48.5% of leagues. And Dalton, you know, left the game with a knee injury on Sunday, and they don't believe it's an ACL tear, but I mean, he could still miss at least a few weeks. So Justin Fields has a legit opportunity 
to start next week. And if you don't snag him, you know, in the next few days, he is just not going to be available because once he becomes the starter, I think there's a very decent shot that he's going to hold on to that role. And when he is the starter, he doesn't even have to play super well. You know, he could struggle, go through kind of those rough rookie games, but his rushing upside is really going to keep his floor pretty high. We saw it last year with Jalen Hurts. He didn't really play spectacular in any of those games, but he was putting up solid fantasy football production because he had that rushing upside. So please, 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 if you need a quarterback, you need a backup, Justin Fields should be your guy this week. Next, it's going to be Kirk Cousins, owned in 24.5% of leagues. And I think he's another quarterback whose ownership is just going to shoot up this week just because he has gone back-to-back weeks of very solid production. Week one, 351 passing yards, two touchdowns. Week two, 244 passing yards and three touchdowns. He really just is that guy. He has the weapons around him. And so I think he's going to continue to put together numbers similar to that. We've got Daniel Jones up next, owned in just over 10% of leagues. And his ownership is also probably going to skyrocket. He looked great Thursday night. That honestly may be the best game he's ever played in his life. He could have had an extra passing touchdown if Slayton could catch and potentially an extra rushing touchdown. You know, there was a holding call when he probably would have scored anyway. So he had a monster week and it could have been even bigger. In his two games this year, he's averaging 25.4 points per game and he plays the Falcons week three, which is a great matchup. We saw Jalen Hurts destroy the Falcons week one, and then we saw Brady just throw the ball all over that defense five passing touchdowns Sunday. So Daniel Jones is another quarterback you should definitely have your eye on. Then I have Teddy Bridgewater owned in 14.2% of leagues. And really, I'm going to be honest, I was not a fan of him going into the year. I didn't think he would have fantasy value by himself. I really didn't think he was going to support these weapons around him, but he has definitely proven me wrong through two weeks, averaging 20.5 points per game. And he plays the Jets week three, which is going to be a solid matchup for him. And then the last quarterback here is Matt Ryan, owned in just over 37% of leagues. And the Giants have struggled to stop the quarterback position this year. I know Matt Ryan has not looked good. You know, he struggled week one and threw three picks against the Bucs. But if we look closely, two of those picks against the Bucs were tipped. So his stat line could have looked a lot better. And he still has the weapons around him. And so, you know, I may not like him as much as guys like Fields or Cousins or Jones, but still a potential option, you know, maybe if you're playing in a deeper league. Next up, we have the tight end position. And I'm going to be honest, before I even go through these five players, the tight end position is so, so weak. I really hope you guys already have your tight ends locked in because if you're looking for someone off the waiver wire, if they're owned in less than 50% of leagues, it is going to be a tough market to sift through. First, we've got Austin Hooper and he barely makes the cut, owned in 49.8% of leagues. He led the team in targets week two, you're really just not going to find that with a lot of these players. Obviously, that has a lot to do with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham being injured. But I mean, we really don't know about the future for those guys. So right now, Austin Hooper, a decent pickup. Then we have Dawson Knox, owned in just over 3% of leagues. Week one, four receptions for 41 yards. Then he comes in week two, two receptions for 17 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, these aren't monster weeks. But if you're playing in larger leagues, if you had him in your starting lineup, you probably feel decent about both of those performances. Then Hunter Henry here, owned in just under 40% of leagues. He has seven targets in two games. And overall, he's just one of the most talented tight ends available on the waiver wire. He hasn't gotten into the end zone yet. And I know that target share isn't huge, but the Patriots do like to spread the ball around. And like I mentioned, probably if you're just looking at talent, 
one of the best guys available. The fourth guy here is going to be Max Williams, who really came out of nowhere. He had zero receptions week one. He's owned in 0.1% of fantasy leagues, so it's almost a guarantee that he is on the waiver wire. But then he just comes out of nowhere, gets seven receptions for 94 yards in week two. So I'm not going to be expecting this on a week-to-week basis. It's probably going to be his best game of the season, but just a guy to potentially keep your eye on. And then the last tight end here, it's going to be Jack Doyle, owned in just 0.7% of leagues, and he had eight targets week two. Obviously, that's great to see from the tight end position. And then 12 targets on the season. You're just not going to find that kind of target share with many other of these tight ends available. So another guy you should probably have your eye on. Now we're on to the last position and it's going to be the defenses. And even though these aren't ranked, I think this would definitely be my number one defensive pickup this week. It's got to be the Panthers. We saw them play well against the Jets in week one. Then they go out, shut down the Saints week two. And now they're matched here with the Texans week three. We don't know what's going on with Tyrod Taylor. If he's not starting, this is going to be a juicy, juicy matchup. And they're only owned in 13.3% of leagues. So definitely a defense that you guys should be looking to snag. Then we've got the Cardinals here, owned in 29% of leagues. Had a really nice performance week one against the Titans. Definitely struggled this Sunday against the Vikings, but they get matched up with the Jaguars who have just looked horrendous. So they're definitely a potential stream there just because of their opponent. Then we've got the Bengals here at 9.6%. You know, they played well against the Bears. Bears scored on a pick six. So, you know, not much the defense can do about that. And they're matched up against the Steelers, who don't have the worst offense, but I mean, they haven't looked great. Big Ben has not been good. That offensive line is not solid. So I wouldn't love having the Bengals in my lineup, but I mean, in deeper leagues, it would not be the worst thing in the world. Then we have the Dolphins here, owned in just under 30% of leagues. They are playing the Raiders. The Raiders have played well, but kind of this late, we're getting into some slim pickings here at the defensive position. Overall, I just think the Dolphins are a solid defense, so they could pose some problems for the Raiders. And then I actually have the Raiders also on here, owned in 1% of leagues, and they're really not a good defense, but they're going up against the Dolphins. We don't know what Tua's status is going to be for week two. Jacoby Brissett did not look good. So, you know, if Tua's out, they could definitely be a viable stream this week as well. All right, so those are gonna be some waiver wire targets for you guys to keep your eyes on. If you guys enjoyed the video, please just hit that like button, subscribe to the channel and comment down below. I'll be responding to every single comment. And then I'm also gonna be posting my buy low and sell high videos today as well. So keep an eye out for those. And then throughout the week, I'm gonna have my start sits at every single position and then also my overall positional rankings. So make sure you guys are on the lookout for all of that. But thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you next time.